Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck, and I'm joined with my daughter, Paige Peck. Hi, Paige. Hi. <laughs> I don't know what little voice that was or what <laughs> land it came from, but that it was just kind of happened. That was an interesting story. Yeah, that's about the story of it with you, Paige, isn't it? Just whatever it just happens. just kind of happens. <laughs> that's what happens. So you're planned in some ways, really planned, and a lot of things in your life, but when it comes to just random little voices coming out well oh boy <laughs> there's a lot of those yeah <laughs> just randomly come out anyway well welcome to our podcast today today we are talking about creating a loving family environment and I know everybody wants that I mean there's no way that we sit in our families and think sheesh I sure wish everyone were selfish here and unkind to each other <laughs> you know? that's not a thing right no I would think not no. So everybody wants to be loving. I mean, I think that's a given. We want our families to be those havens, that place that feels like the most safe place, the nurturing place, the place where it fills our bucket, where it refuels us. And yet, ah, there are situations that occur in families every day around the planet where people actually feel like the environment is hostile. Mm -hmm. or the environment is uncaring instead of being loving. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how to create that type of environment, some key points that we can make there, and what we need to really learn about love. You know, I think I think people are craving love more than ever before. Yeah, and I think it's misunderstood because like people say love and they think romance, but there's like it there's so much more to it than yeah. just romance. Yeah. Ooh, can I put you on the spot? Sure. Okay, we're not even into like we're we're messing with the flow, but I'm gonna put you on spot on the spot. So you are in love in a romantic way with well, someone. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But when you say people usually think about it as romance, but love is something different than just romance, right? Or like bodily cravings, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you clearly feel romantic toward the guy that you're dating right now, yes. right? Yes. Okay. But the love of that guy, that, that runs real deep, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like how would you describe the, that difference and don't get graphic, but <laughs> what is that difference between what is the real love? If you describe it, like, cause I've seen you guys and you're so in love. It makes me like fall in love with everything all over again. <laughs> just, just being oh, with you goodness. guys. Oh, so, but it's not the romance part. It's no. like, there is, there is a thing heart to heart that you can see. It's like tangible and you can feel it anyway. So what is the difference? I think the difference is that we care about each other's well-being and that we admire each other and we see strengths in each other that no will help us and no will be of benefit you know to each other but that admiration is huge because i definitely look up to him and he brings out the best in me mm -hmm. which is huge it's not just physical attraction like yes of course i'm physically attracted to him 
but that wasn't the first thing that I noticed about him. Because mm-hmm. he's not, like, he's not necessarily one of those people that's like, drop dead gorgeous, you know, beach body, whatever, that you see on a magazine. But he's not, he's not, he's not the guy on the poster at the gym, right? No, no, no. no. <laughs> okay. No. But if you were to somehow portray inner characteristics and quality of heart on a billboard, then yeah, he's that guy. Yeah. And he's handsome too, to boot. I mean, there's always that bonus. Yeah. (laughs) He's handsome, but you can't line everybody up and compare them all right. But yeah, he's got some depth. Anyway, maybe we'll talk more about him later. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about a fun family activity that we can do for our families. So do you have a fun family activity, something you remember from your childhood page that you think people could do for fun while they're maybe in quarantine, if they're listening to this later, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So one thing that I loved doing as a kid was making obstacle courses in the house. And inside the house, you're talking about inside the house. Well, both inside and out. Oh, okay. Um, But we would just use anything that we had in the house, blankets, chairs, um, little play tent tunnels, you know, whatever we had. And we would make this obstacle course and us as siblings would compete and see who could finish it the quickest, you know? And, but I think for me, at least a lot of the fun came from creating it. I'm, I'm the type who loves to create things and see, you know, my creations come to fruition. It's just very satisfying for me, especially Mm. if it's done successfully. And so that was something that was really, really fun for me was to just create it. Even if I didn't do it myself, even if I was creating it for, you know, kids I babysat or for my siblings, you know, it was, it was fun to see them get all excited over something that I had created. Yeah. You know, if you're not a creator, you're a consumer, right? And I I suppose you can be both, but, but there is so much fulfillment that comes from being a creator. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of games that I remember playing with the family that we would build the whole game board. (laughs) <laughs> and then be like, ah, oh, we're good. We don't even need to play it now. <laughs> you know, or we build the whole whatever. You build the tent and then you hardly get in it, you know, or whatever. But you, you really made a cool tent, you know. Yeah. And, and that building, you're right, is fun. So an obstacle course, it gives you physical activity. It's a creative outlet. It's also a building project. It's like a mechanics or maybe I shouldn't say mechanics. I mean, you, that's if it's really fancy, I guess. But it would be um, like a... Yeah, like a construction project. What, what mm-hmm. am I thinking? I'm like, what am I thinking of when a structural thing where you have to build a structure, right? So yeah. physics, there would maybe be physics involved, mm-hmm. right? That would probably be what what's happening there. So, um, and it's fun, and it's and it can change because you can change it up. I remember building obstacle courses and then switching them around. And then being like, no, let's put this over here. It'd be even mm-hmm. better, right? Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> well, you have so, to have a rough draft. <laughs> exactly. exactly. But, a rough you know, um, I started doing obstacle courses for you guys for birthday parties when you were little. You'd have, I, I forget who had the first birthday party where I did an obstacle course, probably Quinn. But I thought, what could we do for fun? What did we used to do when I was a child? Oh, we did obstacle courses all the time. Me and my brothers would make obstacle courses in our backyard all 
the time mm-hmm. and change them up and change them up and do them again and again. And then all the neighbors would do the same thing. Like all the neighborhood kids, it was just a part of our culture mm-hmm. and everyone wanted to see what their feats of skill could be, you know, or who could create the coolest course. And right. so I started doing that for you guys. And then you started doing it for each other too, which was fun. So oh, something, was so fun. something we kind of passed on there anyway. Well, there's a fun family activity for you for, for the week. We like to try to throw those in if we remember to. So, <laughs> Today, as we're looking at loving and the loving family environment, um, we're going to look at it through the lens of self-government. So self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behavior so that you can control them. And you know what that means? That means you're free. If you're in control of your own behaviors, if you've planned for how you want to behave, you've analyzed yourself, maintained the course, then you have maximum freedom. Nobody can fully control you if you are in control of yourself. That's how it goes. Mm -hmm. And if you are able to control some of those pesky emotions that like to get us in trouble and start fights and some of those other things, wow, you are really free. Then your relationships are free and everything else. And so when we're talking about all the things here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, we're looking at them through the lens of self-government. So we want to look at this loving family environment through the lens of self-government. And I feel like love or the loving family family environment is the goal. Oh yeah. I mean, I think, I, that's what, so. I think that's what everybody wants. And you, and you said it really well before that people misunderstand love, that they attach it to attraction or lust. Or they, or lust absolutely. Which is a totally different thing. Um, what somebody does in the bedroom is whatever. Okay. They can keep it in their bedroom, but that's not necessarily love. Mm-mm. Because there's a whole lot of stuff that happens in bedrooms. And that's it. That's all I'm going to say there. Okay. Or not in bedrooms. I don't know. Airport bathrooms. Really kinky, awful things. Anyway. Um. So, yeah. Sorry. Family program. Family program. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, what does it look like if there's love in a family? What, what does it feel like for the family? Like for, what does it feel like for, let's start with husband and wife. What does what does love feel like or look like for husband and wife? I think we were kind of already on that track. Yeah, we were kind of there already. But I would say yeah. that it looks like, I mean, obviously, I'm not married. I have never been married, but I've seen examples of loving. Hey, I'm always crossing my fingers. I mean, I'll get there. But <laughs> <laughs> I know, Yoo-hoo. Okay. But um, I've noticed that it looks a lot like support. There's a lot of support for each other from each other. Mm. And there's also a sense of peace. That is there peace and comfort. Like you're very comfortable with that person or with those people. Mm-hmm. That's true. You don't feel like you have to walk on eggshells. Mm-mm. You don't have to worry about them being offended. You, they, you know that they give you the benefit of the doubt, even if right. you do something dumb, because we all do. Yeah. Because that's just life. And we might be annoying one day, but that other person doesn't focus so much on us being annoying. They just focus on how much they love us despite that, right? And how valuable we are to them despite that. And I think the same goes for the parent-child relationship. Oh, for sure. There has to be a lot of support and respect on both sides, towards both sides. It obviously looks a little different because of different roles, but I think respect is a huge thing as well. Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever been with somebody 
where you, well, I hope you have, sheesh, but where you, <laughs> where you have felt just that great peace, that great love, that deep understanding. I love that. I had a great grandmother that was that to me. She, um, I mean, I, of course I love my family and I loved all kinds of other people, but, but whenever I think of really just this deep love, this great grandmother, her name was Mary. She understood me. And there's something about being understood Mm -hmm. that makes a person just give their heart to you. Well, because when you feel understood, you feel like, okay, I can trust this person with anything because they get me. Yeah. And she understood me. In fact, she used to tell me, she used to say, you know, Nicolene, you are just like me. And she even showed me pictures of herself, like back in like the turn of the century, 19, I don't know, 15, 20, whatever. (laughs) She was way, way back you know, like a hundred years ago and this pictures of her and she'd say, see, look, look at, look at me. You look like me. I looked at her picture and I'd like, wow, I actually do look like her. So I know what I'm going to look like when I'm like a hundred, you know, which is how old she was or just about 90 something. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. um, But she, she was absolutely um, inspiring. I, I felt like I could tell her anything and no matter what I said, she would never hold it against me. She would never judge me. She would only help me and she would just understand me. And she would take the time to stop and to look into my eyes Mm -hmm. and to just listen to what I had to say. Even though she was 90 something and I was like 12 or or I was 10 probably even, you know, but it was just something I craved because I came from a busy house. There were five kids and, and uh, my, you know, my mom was busy. She babysat other people's children. My dad was, everyone was busy. And I think sometimes you just don't take that time because that's what it takes. It takes time you know, to really make that type of an investment in another person. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And in order for a relationship to have that kind of love, that investment has to be made. If you don't make the investment, then you're not really pursuing something that you consider valuable or worth your time. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk about a situation that happened in my life and your life. You were younger, way younger, like, uh, 12 maybe or 11 you might have been 11 um when the bbc filmed a a show in our house it was called the world's strictest parents Mm -hmm. and they brought two troubled teens to stay in our house for eight days james and hannah they were both 17 and the film crew came to and for the first couple of days james and hannah had tantrum after tantrum after tantrum they rebelled they were trying to fight they were trying to put up walls they were like i don't care you don't care about me and everything was just a fight right so that's what that's the opposite of love okay so they didn't know us so why should they care about us right they hadn't invested anything in us right 
So they didn't really care about our family. They just cared about what they were going to look like on TV and if they can impress their friends or something like that. And so that was their focus. What are my friends going to think of my attitude problem that I'm going to have, or I'm going to sure get a rise out of this family, this person. Yeah. So they were at a selfish place. It All was image very, based. Mm-hmm, totally. At the beginning. And there was definitely indifference. So indifference is the opposite of love. When you really don't care, you only care about yourself. That's the opposite of love mm-hmm. and, and caring. And so they were definitely at that place. But what we did was we just reached out to them with love and caring again and again. Even yeah. when I was correcting them for something that they did wrong, I would look in their eyes and I would think, I love you. You are an important person. You're valuable. You can be happy. You know what's right. I know you do because all of our hearts have this little light, this little spark. Where <laughs> we know what's right. And you know that you need to calm down. And I would just think all these truths and I would look them in the eyes and I would correct them with a loving voice, but still firmness all the time. Firmness that they could not go against. It was really hard. They tried and tried, but it never worked. Yeah, it's like a penetrating light or a penetrating force that is gentle but firm. I like that. Penetrating light. Yeah, like pierces in, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Even if you're trying to repel it. Exactly. Yeah. But light always wins it over darkness. So Yeah. The thing is too is that it just started with one person. Mm-hmm. So there's one person who's gonna have light, one person who's gonna have love and choose it for them. And I have to admit, there there were prayers that I had in their behalf where I said, you know, Lord, help me love them and to really reach them in love, like help them to feel how much that I love and care about them so that that'll make a difference. And I got in the habit of doing that back in the foster care days. And Paige, even with you one time, you were being very difficult in one of your behaviors. And I want to think you were no, maybe like, me? Never. I want to think you were like, I know, <laughs> but you were only like eight years old. I should have had greater patience. And I found myself praying to not care about that behavior as, but to instead focus on love and just asking for more and more love of you, you know, for, for you, because I needed to touch your heart that way even though I was going to still maintain consistency with my parenting and my teaching and all that other kind of stuff but the love can, had to be under it right I say you can still be consistent and do everything that we teach correctly but you can have it with a different like different tones or different feelings and emotions behind it because mm-hmm. if you're being consistent with the steps and just checking them off but you're feeling annoyed with your children or you're like oh my gosh this is awful my kids are the worst then they're not going to feel the need to follow your instructions or to accept mm-hmm. your no answers. They're just going to do it because mom said so mm. or dad said so. So true. And so that love, that care, that consideration, that you know, compassion for them is huge. It's got to be the undertone for everything. Because mm-hmm. that's really what knits the hearts together. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though the fact that we have these great communication skills, these problem solving skills that we use 
right? The children learn, the, you know, the four basic skills. The parents know how to correct in a really calm, loving way. Even though we've got those skills in place, there still has to be even another layer under right. there. Right. That is just deeply attached to the other person. And that attachment can form quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually the child is born with that attachment formed. And right. then the parent has to nurture it and want it and bring it out again and again and, and do their own attachment. You know, and usually parents and children attach. Not always. Sometimes there's problems the parents have, but it does require being with that child a lot, right? Instead right. of turning that child over to other people all the time. Because then you feel like you're a bystander watching their life instead of really touching them through it all and mm-hmm. loving them through it all, which is really important. So anyway, those things are helpful. But, you know, I think that tone of love. So if we talk about the tone of love and what that tone really is so when when we had the bbc show come to our house they gave, they called me up and they're like oh you know these kids are the worst ones that we've ever seen kind of like trying to psych me out a little bit and i i wasn't worried at all and i think they were surprised that i wasn't worried but i thought no i have for years I have done foster care and brought in some of these youth that had serious issues that they were dealing with. And I learned how to keep what I called the spirit of love in my house, no matter what they said, no matter what they did. I kept that spirit of love there. Well, it's like you said earlier, it starts with one person. That's all it needs. Mm-hmm. that's true yeah and so I knew that I'd be fine I said no don't worry there's nothing I haven't seen and they're like okay we'll see and then you know what at the end of the program not only were Hannah and James crying and begging not to leave our house but there were members of the camera crew that said <laughs> I don't want to leave your house Nicolene yeah. and that contacted me later and said I just need to touch your house I knew if I called you everything would be okay in my life mm-hmm that's huge. That means they felt the spirit of love that was there. So, they felt comfort. They felt safe, which I think is another big thing. Because yeah. I know in my relationship that I have currently, I feel very safe with him. And I feel like I can say anything and he'll listen. And he'll give me advice. And I can do anything and know that I won't be judged. If it's stupid, he'll probably tell me. But <laughs> but I feel very, very safe and comfortable with him. Mm-hmm. And it's, and the comfort is very peaceful. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, just that feeling that everything is where it should be, that it's right. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paige, you know, you're talking about this openness of communication with your boyfriend and who you're really close to right now and how you could say anything and there just isn't anything that would change his love for you. It's true. And, and there's not anything that he could say to you that would change your love for him. No, because I've, anything that he tells me, whether it's a mistake he made or whatever, I'm not one to judge my mentality is I'm there to, to help and to love because really that feeling of love is what helps people get through their, their struggles and their trials. 
Yeah. And think of the things that people do. They, they get so bent out of shape. Like you took a wrong turn. How come you're not going there to get gas and you're going there? Or to how get gas could and- you drop that bowl and it just broke? Yeah. Or whatever. Just things. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry, I forgot to bring over the whatever, you know, I mean, there could just be anything that somebody could do that you could consider that, oh, they, you know, they made a mistake. They let me down or something like that. But do you have to be let down? You know, do you have to take it personally? And I think that's a key thing is there's this tone of acceptance. Like no matter what, I accept you're a good person and I accept that you are trying your hardest and your best to be the best that you can be. Mm -hmm. And I am giving you that credit no matter what. So if something happens that was unexpected and if there is a problem that occurs in our relationship or if there is something that you do that maybe I don't like, or you think I wouldn't like, doesn't matter because I'm going to be fine with it no matter what, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's the thing. And I think that's what I felt from my great grandmother all those years ago was there are some people, if I told something I did, if I said, Oh, I told a lie or I, whatever, then they would give me a lecture or it would be like really intense. But if I told her, she'd say, well, I mean, you know, that's not right. Right be like yeah and she'd say of course we all do it it's okay but we just all have to fix it that's it and how are we going to fix it you know but I think it's important like part of really loving someone is being willing to help them you know not necessarily disregarding it or saying oh it's okay it's okay but saying you know I don't judge you for what you did but let's help you fix it yeah, because that's what a real person who loves you does. Mm-hmm. Like, In fact, oh. they do care. It's, it's the fact that they care so much that they're not going to hold it against you. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because, because there is this thought or this mentality socially today that if you do offer someone a suggestion on how to fix a problem, that somehow you are immediately judgmental mm-hmm. and you are not loving to that person and you're not accepting them. acceptance does not mean that you just don't help and that you just let someone stay where they're at and tell them they're fine or that you disregard everything that's happening especially if it's wrong Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so a real friend can say "Ah, I noticed that this was a problem maybe even they can even bring it to your attention Mm -hmm. and maybe we don't call it a friend because we're talking about parents and children here and husbands and wives Right. So We're talking family about, member. Yeah, family members. When you're in a family, I would hope that you could you could tell someone, Hey, I've noticed this and you've done this. I'm concerned. That you really need to probably make an adjustment. Or let's talk about it. So Paige, you're twenty two almost, right? Mm-hmm. Like so close. And I could call you, even though you're an adult, you live on your own. You're in your own state even. You're like not <laughs> even super close. And but I think that our relationship is such that I could call you at any minute and I could say, Paige, I noticed something. I noticed you made this post online or I noticed you talked to your sister about whatever. And, and I want you to know, I think you handled it wrong. Or I think that it probably could have been done better and you might want to rethink that. Mm-hmm. And if I did that, what would you think? Like, oh, shoot. Sorry, I did that. Yeah, you're probably right. Or if I disagreed, I'd probably be like, oh, thank you for bringing that to my attention. However, this is where I'm coming from. Right. We just talk about it, right? You just explain yourself. Yeah, but it's not like I would take it personal. It's because I respect your opinion and I look up to you. And 
you know, you are one of my best friends. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, of course, you know, if she sees something wrong that maybe I didn't catch, of course I'm going to listen. Mm-hmm. And the thing, here's the difference too, is when I notice that somebody has done something that might need a little correction, even if they happen to be an adult already, and I just want to pass that on, I'm like, you know what, I just, I just want to help them so that they realize, maybe they don't realize a message they might be communicating. Mm-hmm. by saying that thing or whatever it happens to be. Right. And so I just want to just, uh, you know, cause I care about them coming across how I know they really are to somebody else or something like that. I might just reach out and say something, but I already have decided not to take it personal. It's all done in a different spirit, a spirit of caring. Right. And I know there are people who say they are correcting other people and fixing problems in a spirit of caring all the time, but you can feel it's not. Right. You can tell when someone is judging you for what you did or for what you've done and want to help you fix it, but it's because they're bugged that you did something that was wrong. Mm -hmm. See, I think the key thing is that when you're correcting a problem with somebody, when you really love them, you have to be looking at them and thinking, I really love you. And, but then in your, even if you don't say it outside, out, out your mouth in the minute, you're thinking to yourself, this isn't a big deal. It was just an action. This isn't anything that I need to take personally. Um, This is just me helping them. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing that differentiates that feeling of judgment versus care and love is judgment is behavior-based. You're focusing on a behavior, Mm. whereas care and love, you're focusing on the condition of the heart of both of you. Mm. So true, Paige. That was primo. I agree. I 100% agree. And when a person comes across with that depth where they're like, I don't care. What's well, not? I don't care. It's, um, I'm not going to choose to be, uh, to take it personally or to be negatively affected mm-hmm. because you did something. I'm not going to do that because I love you beyond that. Yeah. I love you beyond that you did one action. No, I want to feel that heart to heart. You know, my my husband and I, we have had so many conversations where we've said to each other, you know, it is not about what you did or whatever it is that that's, that has nothing to do with that. But the problem occurs when the heart detaches from another person. Mm -hmm. And so where we've had to say to each other, what we really need to fix right here is the heart to heart attachment and the, the behavior, whatever we can address it, but that's not really the big deal. The big deal is that for some reason right now, either one or the both of us feels like disconnecting from the other a bit and being a little bit more selfish. And so that's what we've got to talk about. Right. Right. And, and so if that attachment maintains, then there isn't any behavior that, that it's going to ever seem like it's so important, right? Mm-hmm. At least you would hope. I mean, some like people get really stressed. It really isn't ever about the behavior. The behavior is based off of the condition of the heart. Mm-hmm. Because based on where the heart is, is where the actions will be. Yeah. And so here's the thing that people miss, I think, sometimes with teaching self-government. Because we talk about skills, you know, how to follow instructions, accept no answers, accept consequences, disagree appropriately, how to correct children, praising, all that kind of stuff. Um, You know, because we focus on some logistics and how to set things up and how to have meetings, I think some people sometimes just 
attack on skill and they don't use heart because I think they think if they're going to use heart, they can't use skill. <laughs> and they like make it separate. And there's some people that are like, I'm not doing that teaching self-government stuff because I like, feel almost like, like a it's... justice, like mercy and justice thing. Like they feel like heart is the mercy, the skills is the justice. And like, they have to be against each other. Yeah. They have to be against each other when in reality, the underlying of all of it should be heart. Right. Of everything you're doing with your family should be heart. There should be a deep bond and connection there. Always a feeling of acceptance and support, comfort, peace all these words we've been talking about that go along with love and heart and but then no matter what words are said at that point the words just pinpoint and then there's this thing and this is how we fix it so it doesn't happen again so you can succeed all of the teaching then becomes in the best interest of the person who's the learner the person who's being taught and in it shows that you care even more because you're choosing not to just fly off the handle and say mm -hmm. whatever it is, but you're choosing to control yourself enough to say um, what really needs to be said to the person. And that's it. So yeah. another, you know, another thing about speaking and just communicating that I mentioned a minute ago was praise. Mm, that is a big one. And I mean, praise is attached to that feeling of love. And it just comes so freely when you're worried about, the position of someone's heart instead of their actions. So true. I love how you say it comes so freely because I think there's some people who struggle to praise, but they probably struggle to praise because they're so judgmental most of the time and focused on the wrong things. Focus on what's the bad that happened. Yeah. Or, mm -hmm. or how what, they were hurt or affected. Yeah. Like their, their emotions or whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. But if you, Pray, if you, the praise comes really naturally, like you just think, oh, wow, that is so amazing about that person or that person just did such a kind thing and I'm going to tell them that it was kind and that I really appreciated it or whatever it happens to be, then that praise ends up fostering love and it's kind of like the, the evidence of love, actually. And instead of the the just constantly focusing on the bad things. So, you know, we should praise each other a lot. I mean, that's a vital thing that we need to do. Well, and it creates stronger relationships because then you know, like you have that reassurance that that person really does care about you and not just about your behaviors or about the outward things. Yeah. And, and really the rule is you're supposed to praise six to 10 times for every one time that you correct a person or tell them that they need to make a change. And, um, that's easier said than done, you know, for some yeah. people. But if you keep praying for that love for the person, and I say praying because when I had some foster children, I literally had to go to my room at the same time every day and pray to love a certain <laughs> child because she would come home from school and she would have stash stuff all over her body because she was a kleptomaniac and we'd have to find everything and she'd lie about it and it was just thing after thing after thing and it would go on all night and it was hard it was really hard yeah. and if I didn't have love for her how was I ever going to touch her heart mm -hmm. and so you know you have to have that feeling of love in fact self-government is all about the condition of heart it really is it's all about it's your hearts being joined together and feeling like it's safe to be us. Yeah. So like we give you skills to help with behaviors, but we'd like to first set up that foundation of, well, let's care about each other's hearts and where we're at. 
Mm-hmm. That has to be behind all of it, doesn't it? Yeah. Ah, oh, okay. We could go on about the heart forever and ever, but I think we have covered it pretty well. I think and so. I, and I hope that everybody is just a little bit more motivated because of this. I know that I am. Every time I talk about love, every time I think about praising people more, I want to do it more myself. <laughs> Even though I've been teaching it for years, I don't think I'm ever good enough at it. And, uh, you know, I get a little choked up when I think about it. But um, I think about the people that I love and what I really appreciate about them. And they're just real, genuine beauty. and value to me, to my family, to the world, to God. Ah, I, I can't help but be in awe and want to have my heart just reach out to them. Send those praises, send those good, those looks. So if you could do one thing today, look in your child's eyes or your spouse's eyes, just look in their eyes and just see what you see there. And you know what you'll see? You'll see their heart. You'll see goodness. Yeah, you'll see goodness. Because your eyes are the windows to the soul. And, and just look in that heart. And just appreciate it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then tell them what it is that you appreciate about them. I mean, if you want to take one little action step, there's an action step for you today. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Do that. Do that first. And then have it be a goal to have that love behind all the corrections because you got to be consistently correcting correcting for a person to learn cause and effect and to learn self-government but it doesn't have to be without love in fact it shouldn't be Mm-mm. so anyway you can find out so much more on teaching self-government.com and we're going to go ahead and call that a wrap for today Paige. thank you for joining me again i know your busy college schedule but you always have so much insight and you know what Paige? i love you oh i love you too mom I really do. I love you. You are dear. You already called me one of your best friends today. And, and don't let I, it go to your head, okay? <laughs> for sure not. I mean, yes. I'm kidding. No. You should. You should let it go <laughs> yes, to your head. <laughs> I know. But um, but I absolutely love you. There, you are like one of my uh, happy places in life. I I love. I love how freely you give of yourself to everyone that you know. I love how much happiness and joy you spread, how much kindness, how many smiles, how many, um, how many people that you look deeper on and, and to. And, and I have to say that there have been many times I've even followed your example on how, on the benefit of the doubt that you've given people. And so I just want to tell you how much that you've been an example in my life and how deeply deeply i truly love you well i wouldn't be who i am without you so there you go we'll end with a smushy love note <laughs> to each other, right a smushy love note well anyway we love you all too and um if you want to find out more about setting up that loving environment in your home you can go to teachingselfgovernment.com we will talk to you again next time have a good one You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.